Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris, and we are diving into our final episode based around Portland Beer Month, week and a half, two weeks, whatever we want to call it. (laughs) Technically Portland Beer Week, but it was longer than that. Felt like forever. We did a preview of it two episodes ago. We did an episode live at the Brewers Burger Brawl last week. Which was super fun. And I want to get to that in a second. And now this will be a recap episode. Patrick, we teased it in last week's episode, but Patrick has uh, now tempered but still hot opinions. He was very hot on, this was two weeks ago now, I think that you sent this text. Yeah, what night was that? Oh, I'm sure I could find it. I think it was Tuesday night. It was it was some night after you went to some event, which we'll talk about on this episode, and you were none too happy. I hate everyone. Uh, I'm probably <laughs> just drunk and irrational, but damn, I'm heated is the text that you sent me. <laughs> uh, this was at Tuesday at 10.22 p.m. I really think next week's pod could be a reaction from Beer Week. I'm super fired up, frustrated. <laughs> Burp. And then I said, why frustrated? Two words led to three paragraph texts of frustration, and I was like, "Oh, I'm just like he's really he's really fired up right now." So we will do that. Uh, so that was nine days ago that you sent that, but um, we're gonna do all of your opinions on that coming up in this episode today. Remember, you can find us on social media. I'm at Mike Lynch twenty seven on Twitter. Patrick's at PDD zero eight five on Instagram, and and. That's not Patrick typing really angrily. That's a nope. weird drum roll that sounds exactly the same. Uh, Patrick has created a Beers on Us podcast. Nope. Nope. I ruined it. You ruined a it. A Beers on Us Instagram. There we go. Sorry yeah. sorry for ruining it. But um, there's only one post on there, but we both have access to it. So when we are oot in a boot drinking beers, we'll snap some shots for you. And if you guys follow us on there, it's just... At beers on us podcast. Yep. Right? Just nope. Just beers on us. Uh, at beers on us. Nice. That was that wasn't yep. taken. Yep. Perfect. Got that worked. Uh, yeah. Follow that. Um, you know, comment on stuff. We'll post updates of of um, episodes being dropped. Mike and I will be out and about, just doing things. Take pictures of beers we're drinking, places we're going, things like that. It should be real fun. Uh, but we do need your guys's help. Just takes ten seconds. Just click a little follow. And give us some love, and hopefully that uh, becomes a, a bigger thing and gives us more access to more places and creates more opportunities for us to do fun stuff and deliver that for you guys. Right. If we can create a little bit of a an extra part of the brand of the podcast on Instagram, mm-hmm. that will be seen by more people than just who listen. Right. So, right. Right. Plus, you works out. plus that way you don't you know you can unfollow me and just follow the beers on us, and that way you don't have to see pictures of my cat or places that I'm going <laughs> uh, to do whitewater rafting or whatever. You know that is, that is true. Um, and I also this may 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 make me make my own Instagram account. It has been the last social media thing I have not joined because I'm not a picture taker generally. Yeah. So. I was like, why would I have an Instagram? I take a picture once every like five months that I would feel worthy of posting. 
but I have to I have to now do it for the beer for the beer one. So yeah, let's, and it, it's, let's go. Maybe I'll make t- my own. It's tough too because I know we're gonna do a uh, uh, an, like a an app episode yeah. in the near future. Uh, I am not the kind of person I always hate seeing people. It's like a beer gets ordered that they've never had before, and all of a sudden they're on their phone. I'm like, oh god, this again. <laughs> uh, but now I now I will be one of those because I just want to share what we're drinking, what what we're doing, and all that kind of stuff. I think it's a little bit easier if you're just taking a picture versus typing in your hot quick review of the beer on your beer app and then put getting. I'm taking two sips, three stars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't even have to take a sip. You can just take a picture, hit post. Put some hashtags on there, and then you'll be good to go. I've had over 150 different Sierra Nevada beers, and I'm sure you remember every single one of them. Whoa. Pale Ale. Okay. Hi. Okay. I, you didn't say Pale Ale, and I was like, should I Should I throw that in there? Because you no, said Sierra I, Nevada. I was I like, just, ah, I'll just I do, just, I'll I just, do Pale Ale. I just picked that brewery out of nowhere. Um. So... You'll be able to find us on that Instagram as well. So it's at beers on us or Instagram.com slash beers on us on Instagram. You can find the podcast listening wise at various podcast listening places, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Radio.com, Stitcher, Tending to the Fan.com, and Omni. So anywhere that you find us and you can have the ability to rate it and subscribe and review, please do. That also helps push the podcast out and let, just lets us see that you guys are enjoying it. And uh, keep sending us on our personal pages or hell on on the Beers on Us Instagram now pictures of what you're drinking. Yep, we have uh, access to both, so it all works. Seen more come in this week. Uh, appreciate it, and I'll I'll pull it up in a second here and 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 see what you guys have been drinking in the last week. But uh, that's where you can find us. Last week's episode I thought was really fun. I heard some people say they enjoyed it, which made me happy because I was a little bit uncertain after we finished it. How many times I was talking with food in my mouth because I was trying to eat and there were awkward pauses because we were both taking bites at the same time. (laughs) And it's really hard to do that kind of an episode. We've done it before when we've gone on location, but we tend to have a bite or two, finish talking about it, and then eat the rest of it. But this was so important to try it with the beer and make that about the 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 podcast about that that it was really kind of awkward. Yeah. A lot of people said they enjoyed it, so I'm glad you guys enjoyed it still. Thank you. And it was a lot of fun. And they should do if they don't, they should do more events like that in Portland Beer Week next year because that was a ton of fun. Yeah, that was a cool one. It was a lot it was a lot more fun than the other events I went to. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. You're still a little bit I can I can sense the salt in your voice a little bit. <laughs> it's happening. Um I'm looking through my Twitter now real quick to see. Uh, uh, I'll throw a quick shout out here. See any of the beers you guys Completely sent off topic. Shout out to uh, the uh, USA women's national team. That you just which, finished uh, watching. That I just finished watching and they beat Sweden 2-0 to win the group. If you heard a slight hum of uh, something in the background, that was Patrick's phone yep. <laughs> with the game on it. That's me watching me watching football. Uh, and both goals scored today were by women that play for the Portland Thorns. So huzzah. How so do you I- like that? Thomas tweeted me an image. Um, he just labeled it Belgian Elite, and it was Ghost Runner Brewery, which I've actually never heard of before. So. Vancouver. Oh, that's in Vancouver. Um, I got an Oregon City Brewing First City Fest beer, uh, and then also said he was going to go down to Breakside for some Vienna lagers. Got that. And I also got a brown IPA from Georgetown Bob's is what he said. So uh, those are the three beers I got this week since our last Oh, Georgetown Bob's Brown? I had that. First time I had that beer was like 10 years ago. Yeah. That's a classic Georgetown beer. Well, I uh, thank you for tweeting those to me. Keep keep them coming. I I appreciate them. I, I like seeing the beers you guys are drinking. And you can send them as well to the Instagram for our Beers on Us podcast. Um Let's get into Portland Beer Week recap. Okay. 
you were the one who went to all the events minus the bur burger thing, which I joined you for. So how do you want to structure this? Do you want to go through each event and what you thought, or do you have an overarching theme you want to get to and then layer in the events and what related to that theme? Well, I think, I think I'll just go through real quickly the events I went to and okay. kind of show you, and this all, this all goes back to one giant topic. So I don't need to, this actually isn't more of a Portland beer week review. This is actually more of like something I learned within the inner workings of the beer community. But it is based week. on Portland. It beer is week. based on events that I went to at Portland beer week that kind of shown a light onto this um so first of all thank you to if you're listening if you're in the industry any hard work everybody did for it awesome we appreciate it it's such a fun moment to have it was busy out there. 11 days and there's something going on every day and if you're a loyal legion that's a long time to be doing an event every single day and to the barelit guys and their pop-up on 23rd and and all the different events and the woodlawn block party for the breakside kids at decom like those are huge events to put on uh, and all that work and people going, it's really awesome to see how much craft beer is celebrated in this town. So I want to make sure that this isn't a, you know, I hate everyone sort of situation. But starting with, I went on Sunday to migration to the Future of Craft Beer Seminar, where they kind of talked about there was... This a, was two Sundays ago, right? This was two Sundays ago. There was a professor uh, at Portland State. Uh, who who teaches about some like craft beer business stuff there? There was Ben Parsons, the owner and head brew, brewmaster at Berlick, and a blogger uh, who's been kind of all over. He's written for a bunch of people on the East Coast, Midwest, and the West Coast. Uh, kind of does a lot of beer stuff, and it was moderated by Ben Edmonds, head brewmaster at Breakside. Uh, and I'll never forget this. It started with the uh, the professor saying, "Hey, this isn't a sky is falling." sort of situation. We're just going to talk about craft beer. Okay. And they spent a lot of time talking Interesting about- Interesting that that's how he started it. Right. And they spent a lot of time talking about the future of craft beer and the challenges that it faces. And, you know, there was a really interesting conversation on will we ever see another Boston beer company or another Sierra Nevada, these huge, you know, con beer conglomerates that are still independently owned. Um, so that was interesting. But the whole kind of conversation was kind of the sky is falling. Uh, was, you know, worried about, you know, how does how does marijuana and CBD play a factor against sales? How does how does hard seltzer and wine and things like that affect sales and buyouts and da 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 and things like that. That is an interesting aspect of it, both of those. I didn't think about the weed industry at all. Mm -hmm. But that's I mean, for lack of a better term, that's another way to get inebriated right. without drinking beer. So exactly. that could certainly cut in. And then the hard seltzer Man, I've seen that flying on commercials. I see right. it everywhere now. Right. And I think people like that because it's probably a low-calorie way to still get drunk. Correct. Um, and same with cider, a little bit less so. But seltzer, I mean, it's just seltzer. Mm -hmm. So There was some talk about, you know, why isn't there more non-alcoholic beer endeavors in craft beer? Um, things like that, which... That's interesting. I just think most people wouldn't want that. Right, right. I'm sure there's a small percentage of people who would enjoy that. You know, you've seen Heineken. They they have ads now. Of, mm -hmm. They have non-alcoholic beer that I think is so weird. It's a commercial with the guy drinking beer in an office at a meeting. And he goes, don't worry, it's not alcoholic. No one believes you, dude. <laughs> like, you're drinking a Heineken right now. Yeah. No one believes you. Also, it's okay to have a beer at lunch. Yeah. But he's, he's drinking it in the meeting. That's the, that's the key. Yeah, we have meetings where we drink all the time. Well, but you work at a brewery, so it's a little <laughs> bit different. Um, but it, that, that's a little bit weird to me. I don't know if that's necessarily... In my opinion, that would not be the route I would go because right. such a small percentage of people would find that useful, and I feel like you would put resources in that 
those people already know what they're getting when they go to a brewery, right? Mm-hmm. But I digress. The the hard seltzer stuff is really interesting because that is popping. I'm seeing it everywhere, and it's that is certainly going to cut into craft beer sales. Yeah, and I think a lot of it was just talking about you know the numbers based nationally are down. You know, craft beer is numbers are dwindling. More and more breweries we're seeing go out of business. That was another thing they talked about. You know, you know, Widmer's future is up in the air. We'll know more about that in August. But Burnside closes, Bridgeport closes. Um, you know, there's more on the way, Burnside, and or I think I already said that, but uh, more on the way, and we expect to see more, and it's a scary time to try to open a business, open a brewery. Yes, these things are all true. I think in any industry, when there's a big boom, there will be a, a cratering at some point because mm-hmm. there's over oversaturation or too many people are interested in it and don't know how to run a business. And they fail because of that. But because of the boom, they're like, oh, let's take advantage of this. I love craft beer. I'm going to open a brewery. But they're not really – and it might not even be beer-related. They just might not be business-savvy enough to understand the cost that it's going to take to rent the place and Mm -hmm. all the ingredients and the food and the staff and all that kind of stuff. Well, Um, And remember remember the the – I don't remember which podcast we were talking about this on, but uh, the like basically knowing your place in the beer world. It was the future of craft beer. Is that what – I think that's what it was. Okay. Um, And you talk about just kind of knowing what sort of brewery are you, you know? Are you the independent self-distributed game? Are you a Block 15 of Bear Lake that's plenty happy with the size you are and sure you want to grow a little bit, but you like having the control of your own distribution and kind of saying, this is the beer I like to make and you're going to take it? Or do you go along the lines of, you know, a 10 barrel or a Breakside that wants to be in every grocery store and New Seasons and Fred Meyers? It's just kind of about knowing your role and i think that's kind of what you're alluding to it is yeah which is why a lot of people fail because i think a lot of them don't know well a lot of people try to push too fast yeah they don't know where they stand but i think it's also just every boom creates a ton of people doing the same thing Mm -hmm. people will eventually fail every industry no matter whether it's booming or neutral or plateaued or busting there's failure Right. right so because the boom was so extreme and it didn't feel like anybody failed in the beginning because it was all new and great and exciting and interesting, I think now we're starting to hit, maybe we're at the plateau that's starting to dip slightly and it could come back up. It could be a wave, like a little wave form that kind of goes up and down, up and down, up and down. But I think craft beer had plateaued for a while. You saw new ones pop up here and there, but you kind of, it wasn't booming anymore. Right. And now I think you're seeing a slight, or maybe it's more than slight, a dip. Because it's hard to stay in business in food and drink anyway. Right. And there's a lot of competition. And I think a lot of that just has to do with kind of the overall topic of, of what we're going to get into here in a minute. And, and I'll continue. And, and so I just kind of finished that, that seminar and was kind of like, huh, interesting. Nobody wanted to talk about this point. Maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe it's just me. And so then I went to the brewery, the uh, the, the branding bunch, as it was labeled, at uh, Function PDX, which is a little kind of cool pop-up bar on 23rd that Berlick was at all week. And I went to go listen to this, and they had representatives, people that represent, uh, like, the marketing side for breweries like Trapdoor, Grains of Wrath, um, Brothers Cascadia, Freem, Pelican, uh, and I'm sure there's people came in from distance on this and one. I'm, and I'm sure there were some others that I'm just not thinking of. Uh, and this was interesting because I sat there the entire time and this isn't a slight on these people. They clearly know their jobs and that's the jobs they do, but they're not beer people. They're marketing people. And I was really interested to see how I was interested to hear how people market their specific brands 
And I didn't get a whole lot of that. It was mostly just, this is how marketing works. And it was like, well, I don't need to know how marketing works. I understand how marketing works. I want to know how do you, who represent this brewery that I think kind of makes meh beer, how do you get that across? And nobody wanted to talk about it. It was just kind of like a, it's so cool that I work in design and I'm a marketer. Isn't that a really cool job? And there was only one person on that entire panel that I listened to that I thought was worth a damn. And it was the woman who works for Freem. And she clearly knew what she was talking about. They were talking about trends and, you know, how do you keep up with trends? And she was like, look, trends come and go. Um, The only thing I can focus on, you know, we don't just look at trends in beer. We look at trends in everything, clothes, food, design, fashion, everything. Because we need to know if these are the things that are popular in today's society, how do we incorporate our beer into that? And you should have seen the looks on everyone else on that panel. They were like... Can you repeat that again slowly so I can write this down? Like the woman ran circles around them. And I looked at it and I thought, hmm, shocker that the best brewery on this panel is the one that's the most knowledgeable and putting the most resources into it. Yeah. And that's what made me kind of get to this overall point of what I realized that nobody wants to talk about is what's keeping people alive. And what I've learned and what's actually the future of craft beer is quality. It's always going to be quality. It's we have this stigma in Portland where it's actually a really great thing that we're all super supportive of each other. You know, we're rooting for each other to, to succeed. We don't want to see breweries go out of business. We'll sell you yeast. We'll sell you hops. We'll collaborate. We'll do whatever we can, you know, to do to make this industry successful for all of us. But at the same time, nobody wants to say the hard truths in public that, hey, your beer might not be that good. Right. And that's probably what's going to lead to your demise. Have you find me a brewery that has closed within the last five years that made fantastic beer? Fantastic? No. I I liked Burnside's beer, but that was the only one that I was disappointed in because I had a couple of beers that I really did enjoy. But beyond beyond that, I mean, we, we talked about Bridgeport when they closed. They, they, they were so resting on their laurels Mm -hmm. that, it took them way too long to realize, OS, we need to catch up with the Joneses here because old no longer works. Right. And they didn't, not all their beer was bad or anything like that. Like they had classic recipes that were still solid in, in their own right. But, you know, the, the palates of people were changing and they weren't changing anything. And and they even and acknowledged they that. I know. And they didn't do small batch stuff that much. It was all the classics, and they obviously they did. Every brewery does small batch stuff, but, but they weren't putting it in it our wasn't faces. Being, it wasn't being promoted, and if you went there, they maybe and I, I would go there fairly frequently. They maybe had one or two things on tap that weren't in the regular rotation, one or two. And you right. go to most breweries, bigger breweries or medium size, even they've got like five or six regulars, and then like fifteen. Yeah, unique things. Yeah, roll up to culmination. You'll see the three, four standards, and then. You know, they've got, they usually have around 20 beers on tap. So you'll see three or four standards, whether it's Freedom Lager or Obscured by Clouds or, or Phaedrus IPA or, or, or four and 20, the, the black, uh, IPA, Mm. uh, that I know you are such a big fan of. Love that. Uh, and then they've got 15 other beers you never heard of. Well, Deschutes is the same way. Yeah. And I think, and Deschutes would be the perfect example for what Bridgeport should have looked at because they came in around the same time. Deschutes was bigger, obviously, but they were still OGs like we talked about and, Deschutes, when you go, has their classic six, 
right? And mm-hmm. you can get a sampler tray of that. It's on the front page of their menu. Mirror Palm, Blackview Porter, probably Twilight's on there. Right now, yeah. And Pacific, Pacific Wonderland. Pacific Wonderland and Obsidian maybe Obsidian Stout. Stout. Inversion. Do they still make yeah, Inversion? Yeah, I think they still do. Wow. That's their classic six. IPA. That's their classic six, right? Yeah. Then they have two on Nitro, and then you open the beer menu, and, it's and there's like 10 different unique beers that you can try that are just small batch beers. And Bridgeport n- never really had that. But I, I, I don't even think it's about as much variety. Like I said, it's just, it's, it's almost like this, uh, it, it's this uh, trophies for all sort of mentality, you know, that at the end of the season, you know, your team sucks, but every kid on the team gets a trophy. Participation trophies. Participation trophies. Thank you. It's like a participation award that because you're a brewery, we all of a sudden have to support you and like you. And we do support you and like you. But I think we need to get to a point where we can be cordial, we can be constructive, and we don't have to just pump everyone and anyone because they make beer. How many times have I said this? If we've got 70 breweries in this town, 10 are worth a damn, in my opinion. Well, I think- Yet I don't need, yet for some reason, we all feel obligated in public to endorse all 70 when realistically, I only really want to attach my name to about 10. Go back and listen to all 50 podcasts, and you will hear of me tell you breweries that I think are good. You will maybe, maybe I'll get to 15. Maybe. In 50 podcasts. The Because I'm not going to put my name attached to something that I don't think is very good. I think there's a different way to do it, though. Uh, I don't want people to bash. That's no, no, not no, no, what no, I'm no. saying. No, I know. But even the being cordial and constructive thing... Although I think that would come out with good intentions, I still think that would come across as bashing, especially in a culture that has become so accepting. Right, but how helpful is it to just do the opposite? No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Hold on. So I think because the culture has been created to be so loving and accepting, even the smallest criticism is going to seem like the worst thing of all time, right? Right. Because of the comparison. The way I think that it needs to happen is instead of criticizing or being constructive about it, is there needs to just be a focus on the quality of beer, right? Have seminars on how to correctly use this hop and this malt and this yeast and what tanks and when to move it and the timing of it and have it be with the 10 breweries that are the best in the state and that so you can help. I know it's a competition, but it's all it is. People want to help, right? So if if you are focusing on the quality of beer, that will, it will, it will fall on some deaf ears. I'm sure. I'm sure there are some breweries out there, I don't know who, but I'm, not, I'm not saying that to, to protect, I don't know who, who will look and go, ah, I don't need this, I know what I'm doing. Right? But I would argue that there's a lot more out there that would say that. Well, I'm saying there, there are some, but I think given this information, some will be like, oh, really smart. I'm going to start using that because at the, at the end of the day, they want to make good beer, right? Because they want to be successful. But at the end of the day, they want to make their beer. That's fine. They don't want to look and say, okay, well, if Sam from Von Ebert taught people how to do this and that's well, I don't want to do it that way because that's not my way. If that if that's the case, I well, think there's a lot of people that feel that way more so than than most of us realize. If, that, if that's so the case, much pride then that, involved. Then that kind of stinks because everybody's you, like, I taught myself how to brew, or I went to school to brew, or I studied under this person to but brew. That's fine. You and can that's still, how we're gonna do it. You can still do your own techniques but learn other techniques too you can mix and match you i mean isn't isn't brewing all about experimenting and learning and and having fun and being creative couldn't one argue that isn't most jobs that to an extent 
in some fields. Yeah. And a lot of people still don't want to hear it. Yeah. They I mean, don't, you're right. They won't take criticism in anything. No matter what sort of job you work in, you know, if I go to a staff and I'm like, hey, guys, I need you to really work on this because you're struggling. It's kind of like, man, why is Patrick always coming down on us to do this or we got to do this? So it's never good enough. Well, well, F you and I'm just going to keep doing the way I do it. Great employee. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there like that. I guess I guess my my whole overarching idea with this is if you do it the way I'm suggesting, maybe to start. That expands the list if we're going to be arbitrary. The, the number of great breweries from right. 10 to 20, right? Because okay. 10 breweries decide, wow, those are some great techniques. I'm still going to do what I want to do, but I'm going to incorporate some of those techniques and play around with them and find out what, what I think tastes good and I want to put out there. That makes 20, right? Right. Or 25. And then you do it again for another year. And then all of a sudden, all these new breweries who listened and had great beers start winning awards. And they start getting... the you, you start getting awarded for it, right? Yeah. And some other breweries go, what did they do differently this year? Because they were always kind of middle of the pack, and now all of a sudden they're up near the top, and they, they start thinking about it, and they go, what did they do differently? What what beers did I have from them? Oh, that's right. They did this thing. Oh, that's right. Last year I went to the seminar that talked about this as a really good method for store, hell, storing your hops. And it maybe I'll do that too, right? And then that expands it a little bit more. And all of a sudden, it's not 10 out of 70, it's 30 out of 70. And then, then you can start, then you've had multiple years of doing it in a kind of, I guess, for lack of a better term, Northwest passive aggressive way. Then maybe that introduces the ability to be slightly more constructive because people are like, I'm really falling behind and all these breweries are really doing well. And then they'll be like, what am I doing wrong? Bam. Three-year solution. I'm a genius, even though I curse during it. <laughs> I, I think, I think. That is a little naive. It might be. It might be. I think that if I sit here and I say, let's just, and and I don't believe this. I want to preface with that. I don't believe this. But for the sake of this argument, let's say I am correct. Let's say I am the all-knowing power, okay? I am the Zeus. That if I say your brewery is great, then by God, your brewery is great. Here, have some lightning. So let's, let's say that I say there's 10, 15, okay? I'll bet you there are 30 breweries that think they are one of the 15. That if I just, because I'm I'm not going to go through that list. I mean, I, I might have, like I said, you go back and listen to all 50, you'll probably have a good idea of what my list is. But if you, if this is the first time you're listening to this show, there's a very, very good chance that when I say there's 15, 30 breweries are like, I bet you were on that guy's list. He goes to all these places. He's mentioned these breweries, these these beers. He's had blah 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 blah. We got to be on that list. Mm. You're not. Sorry, you're not. And but you are. You do tend to be until, a little bit more of a stickler than some other people, though. Fair, but it's also you need you. It, it's that understanding, knowing your place, knowing your role. And I think people won't know that role until they are kind of shown that because because judging awards is subjective. You know, if you're a brewery in Montevilla that is doing really well, you just assume your beer is great. And it's like, no, you're the only brewery in the strip and there's nobody else around. That's why you're successful. Or it could be because you have good product. You don't know because you're in this bubble until you start actually taking criticism, criticism and seeking it. You'll just assume you're doing great. I don't know. That's that's just it. And I think. That's why I'm a firm believer of trying to get away from this, like everything is happy and go merry and being a little more constructive about criticism because people aren't going to think the beer 
people aren't going to think that they are one of the ones that are lagging behind. They're just going to think, oh, man, pub's doing well. Sales at, at Plaid Pantry are doing well. This is great. And then fast forward five years and you're closed because you never knew because you weren't able to take a look in the mirror and really know what's going on. And everyone was too scared to tell you the truth. I think what's interesting, though, and, and this is going to be my final thought on it. We got to get to beer of the week here in a second, but is and maybe this is, again, naive and it's just because I'm not working in the industry or anything. But to me. Wouldn't you know. Like, un- unless you only drink your beer, which I'm sure is a, is an option. A lot of people do that. If you if you were to go around town and try other beers and stuff like that, wouldn't you know? Oh, wow, this brewery is better than me, right? You would think. And when that thought crops up once, twice, three times, four times, whatever, there's so many breweries in this town, then you go, I wonder why they're better than me, right? Why is this beer so much better? I just feel like naturally someone who is in a creative field like brewing would have an inquisitive mind and want to learn and be more creative and learn why it's better. Right. And you can also do the reverse. Ah, oh, this beer is way worse than mine. Right. You're probably right. Cause there are breweries that are worse than you too, for the most part, if you're in that middle tier and you can go, why are they worse? What am I doing better that I want to stick to? Right. And I, and maybe this is my personality. So I'm projecting it on a lot of people, but I mean, hell, I'm, I'm my own worst critic, right? I'm super critical of stuff that I do myself. I think you would be a unicorn in this industry. It's like that. That's... I don't think a lot of people feel that way. There's a lot of pride that goes into this because it's blue collar work, because it's glorified janitor business, that because you are getting your hands dirty all day, every day, that there's so much pride and attachment to it. I mean, there's so much bad beer around. But even, but Why? even. Because people won't stop and won't admit. Anyone can get better. Everyone well, can get better. That's what I'm better. saying. I, I feel like, isn't but why that, aren't they? To me, it that's feels like a natural then, then why thing. Why aren't they? It feels How so come natural. this hasn't happened? I don't know. That's the question. I don't know. How has this not happened already? I don't know. That was my final thought. But uh, it I is. Like it's, we, I feel like we could go in circles about this. No, I think so. And I'm looking down and I see 30 minutes and I'm going, this could go for 60 minutes <laughs> with little interesting intricacies and little tangents. But basically and stuff. the same sort of point. Right. And I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just trying to. I'm trying to figure it out from my perspective. Right. Because it's not my industry. And I go. I'm with you, Mike. I'm the kind of guy that, like, I want to know. Like, if I suck at something, I need to know how to get better. Otherwise, I'm going to assume that everything's okay. Even though I'm hard on my, I might go home at work, go home at the end of the day and say, man, I had a really struggle day at work, but nobody said anything to me. And then fast forward a week later and no one said anything. So I guess it wasn't that bad, even though I think it was bad. So you don't really know. When that happens to me, I go home and I go, that really sucked. No one said anything to me, but I know I need to be better tomorrow. Right. And I do things, small things here and there to try to be better tomorrow. Right. right? I'm, again, that's just me. I'm the same kind of way. So I, I assume and I project that a lot of people are like that, but maybe that's not the case. I don't think so. I don't think people are like that. All right. Well. That's what I learned from Portland Beer Week. Uh, outside of that, the events were really fun. I had a great time at the block party at Deacom on on Saturday, and our burger thing was great. And again, people just being excited about beer in this town is fantastic. The sky is not falling, okay? Portland Beer is doing just, just fine. It might be struggling in other parts of America, but it's doing just fine here. And what this whole podcast is, is it's not meant to be like a, a rip-down session. It's just you learned that that's not being talked about. 
Yeah. And that's it, very important. Yes. I just believe that it's time to maybe sit down, face the mirror, and say some hard truths to yourself. And that is going to be more beneficial to you than just pff, blowing it off. Right. We got beer of the week coming up next. Thank God, I need a beer. I picked a unique one that I think is uh, only being made because it is Pride Month. Ooh! So I saw it on the shelf of the Fresh Inn at John's Marketplace. I think I know what you got. Oh, really? I think I do. Mm. You probably do, actually. Uh, let's hope it's been a couple of weeks of uh, iffy choices on my part of beer of the week, and we have the fun three-way episode as well. <laughs> which, by the way, I saw on tap again, and it's still not hazy on tap, and I'm very confused. Yep. But uh, Beer of the Week coming up next here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And Patrick guessed the beer in the break. Correctly. Incorrectly, he did. It is Fremont's Pride Seattle Kolsch. It is out during Pride Month, and uh, it's got rainbow on it and a... What kind of bird is that? It's a blue heron. That's a blue heron? Well, it's a rainbow heron. It's a rainbow heron. And uh, I like Fremont a lot because of the... I do, too. The uh, the stouts that well, you yeah, that the, you have given to me. The barrel-age program there is quite nice. And I don't know if I've had anything there outside of the stouts. Oh, really? But I like those enough, and I've heard you talk about it enough, that I think they make good beer, and I saw this on the shelf and went... Okay, Fremont, let's give let's give your Seattle Colts a try. Yeah, of the packaged beers that you can get in the state of Oregon from the state of Washington, I would easily put Fremont in the top five. I'm sure there might be some smaller breweries running around the state of Washington uh, drinking stuff that I don't usually get a chance to. But Fremont is definitely one of the big boys in Seattle up there with uh, uh, Fremont and Georgetown are, you know, probably the two biggest quality ones up there that I like the most. I'm also a big Rubens fan. If you've listened to this podcast, you know I like the Rubens. Uh, but Fremont's really cool. And it's actually funny. I forgot to mention this. I was talking with some people on Saturday about this. But uh, how cool is it? I mean, it's very Portlandy. How cool is it that Portland Beer Week is the same week as Pride Week yep. in Portland? I just, I just think that's super rad. <laughs> like, two communities that support each other through and through, through thick and thin, are so helpful to each other and so intertwined that uh, the weekends just happen to land on the same weeks. I Coincidence, I think not. Probably not. Uh, I just think it's really rad. So I poured the beer, and uh, the last time I we did it... I want beer. Last time we did a Kolsch as our beer of the week, I want to say it was our Stormbreaker takeover. Total recall. That that's what I was going to say. I think that was the last time we did it, and it was the first Kolsch that I ever had that I actually enjoyed. And this was way, I mean, that was like episode, what, like 12 or something like that? Uh, maybe, 10. Even, maybe even earlier than that. So to me, it was still at my early stages of trying different types of beer. I've had Kolsch's myself now since then and really, really tried to broaden my beer horizons and try different things. And I've picked pale ales yesterday, yesterday, two days ago, went to my local tap room and had a German pale ale. And uh, that would be something I would have never picked, ever, ever picked. And it was really, really good and easy drinking. Mm-hmm. And I, I, then I went and got a chocolate stout because I was like, ah, I, I, I tried my thing now. Now I'm going to go back to my, my old reliable <laughs> over here. But I was, I'm trying really hard to, to get into these beers more. And looking at this, I'm very excited. I haven't taken a sip yet. The carbonation looks awesome. It is super clear and see-through. The, the head is... Uh, 
kind of quick to, to, to fade, but I think that's somewhat normal in Kolsch's, but it, it had a good head retention to start. And uh, I'm very, very excited to take my first sip. Uh, the can is an awesome, awesome design, uh, and it comes in four-pack boxes. Um, if you buy the four pack, um, it's just got the classic Fremont Heron on it, but it's uh, rainbow colored. It says because beer matters large and top up top, uh, right above Fremont, uh, the rainbow around the top edge. And it's got a really cool kind of write up on the side that I'll be real quick and read pride. It's not just about the rainbows, unicorns and glitter. It's about celebrating queerness and standing up for the safety of self-determination of the LGBT community. Really, it's all about love. Our goal with this beer is to create and foster a community for LGBTQ people and friends in the craft beer world. Be proud of who you are, who you like, and what you drink. A portion of the proceeds of this beer go to funding organizations supporting and fighting for the LGBT community. Here's to pride. Here's to you with love, the team at Fremont. I just, I don't know. I, I, if you listen to this, you probably, I'm probably an old curmudgeon and, you know, got on a soapbox a lot of times and, Seem like I don't like anything, but this sort of stuff makes me all warm and gushy. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I love communities supporting communities that oftentimes need the support, and uh, it's it's cool to have things made specifically. And it's and not just for Pride Month. I mean, stuff is made for all sorts of supportive endeavors throughout the year. This just happens to be Pride Month and uh, fall during that, so a perfect pairing, in my opinion. So I'm having a little bit of trouble remembering what I learned in the Stormbreaker episode about what Kolsch flavors tend to be. Because I took my sip. It's super crisp and refreshing and easy drinking. This is a great hot day summer beer. I mean, it's 5.5%, so a little bit higher than I you would think, you know, like mm -hmm. 4% for something like that. But it's super crushable, to steal a term from you. Um, there's kind of like a, like a breadiness in there mm -hmm. that I think I'm getting. And then there's also a fruity flavor that I'm not quite pinning down but I want to say it's like banana-y or something like that. Okay. I know that's more of like a, a Hefeweizen kind of thing, but I'm getting a little bit of bread and I get a little bit of fruit, and I'm trying really hard to remember what I learned, but I can't remember it very well. Well, I find that I find this beer to be, you know, extremely effervescent. It's it's a little sweeter than I necessarily prefer, but I don't think it's necessarily taking away from the beer. Um, I wish it was a little less sweet. That might be why I enjoy it a little yeah. extra, too, because I like sweeter beers, right, hence stouts right. and porters. Um, I would like this to be a, a touch more bitter, but I think this beer is good for what it is. I'm looking on the website right now, um, da the down and dirty, as they're calling it. It's using two-row pale malt uh, and white wheat, uh, and the hops they're using are laurel and whole melon. That's where you're getting your kind of oh, the melon. fruity flavor That's from the whole is. melon hop, which I really, really enjoy. Yeah, ABV is 5.5. Five. IBUs at 20. Um, I like this beer. I I think my only concern about this beer is if it warms up a little bit. I think this is a beer you want to drink super cold. Yeah, because we're drinking it like mostly cold. Mostly cold. It's been in the freezer for the last 45 minutes, but... Uh... It because I, I got it warm off the shelf. Yeah, but yeah. If this warms John's up, John's Marketplace might... has warm beer, which I don't understand. Just buy coolers, but they have a great selection. Buy more coolers. They have a great selection. Though. Buy a lot of coolers. <laughs> they do have coolers around the edge. Buy more. Uh, <laughs> I really, you're right. If it got warm, it might not be great. But I think that's kind of a rule for most beers. If it gets warm, you're going to be like, ah, it still is fine, but not quite the same. This is super refreshing, though. Right, cold. I enjoy. Yeah, I and like I, this And beer. I guess melon is probably right, and I. It's almost like kind of a cantaloupe honeydew melon kind of flavor going on back there. Yeah. I like this beer. This beer's nice. I uh it's it's so funny. I'm I'm trying hard to 
because you know lagers and i know kolsch is an ale don't jump on me but it's lager fermented so i'll jump on you um <laughs> i know that lagers and light beers <laughs> are just happens? are uh are you know are Why the are trend you jumping on people are the trend and the kick right now so i'm trying really hard not to get too picky about um the amount of kind of light beer rolling around i think it's just exciting that the light beer is here and it's here to stay i think um and you know our good friends fremont up north in Seattle are joining the trend and doing a great job. What other Fremont beers that are not their stout barrel age series should we as a whole, listeners and I, be trying? Because you like them a lot and I, I just I have not really as far as I remember had a lot of Fremont beers that outside of the stouts that you have brought to me. And so far out of all the beers I've had there, I haven't had one that I thought was bad. Yeah, there's the 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 main kind of there's there's an IPA you can kind of find everywhere. Um, in this town, which is the Lush IPA, um, a lot of people, a lot of people really dig that beer. I've had it on tap. I've had it in cans many, many times. I was introduced to this brewery through the Universe Ale, their Pale Ale, and their Inner Urban IPA. Those are just kind of their standards. Um, that's how I was introduced into this brewery. Outside of obviously their um, their barrel age, whether it's Dark Star or Spice Wars or sorry, that is a Dark Star or B Bomb or you know um, what they have. They did the the, the three thousand, which is like their barley one this year for anniversary. They have like an anniversary. They do all this different kind of dark stuff, but that's the kind of stuff I was introduced to before that. They have a new hazy IPA out. I've seen at some places called Sky Kraken. Um, with that's a, giant, a badass name. Yeah, with a giant octopus on it. It's a blue can. It looks pretty cool. Kind of reminds me of this other hazy IPA that some local brewery that I might work for looks like. But anyway, that's not that's beside the point. Uh, and I've had their session pale ale, uh, which is pretty chill as well. Well, if you have not had Fremont just because you don't go up to Washington a lot and you don't see it around too often, go seek it out. They make really, really, really good beers. Yeah, and I've usually enjoyed... Where in Seattle is it? Is it easy to get to? It's literally under the Fremont Bridge. In Seattle? You know where the troll is? No. You ever seen the big troll statue under the bridge? I've only been twice. It's like nor it's like the south end of North Seattle. Okay. Is it near University of Washington? Pretty close. Okay. I didn't go up that way when I went. Yep. We stayed once we went, we went just to There's like the U Safeco or T Mobile for the for the Mariners. Yeah, and then you... we went downtown by uh by the pier and stuff. So if you go to the U district where the University of Washington is and then you cross the street, you cross I-5 heading west, and you get out of the danger zone. You'll get into Wallingford, which is a neighborhood, and then Fremont is the neighborhood right next to it. Gotcha. So you're heading west from I-5 where the University of So Washington not really is. walking distance from down downtown, but maybe like no, a, lift, no, a no. lift ride out there? Yeah, yeah, but it's on the north side. Gotcha. You know, but don't don't spend your time in U-District. It's, it's not worth it. Coming from the Wazoo fan. Go Cougs. Oh, I totally forgot. They have their head full of Dynamite series. That's a hazy IPA series that most people really, really like. Okay. If you're a hazy fan, uh, the head full of Dynamite stuff is is definitely somewhere you should check out. So Fremont's Pride Seattle Kolsch is our beer of the week this week. You should be able to find this at your various bottle shops. By the way, if you do buy some Dark Heron, which I did buy one of these, it is it is described as an expressive India Pale Ale. What's the rule, Michael? Anything with a descriptive word means it's hazy. And it was hazy, and I was so mad. (laughs) I think I might have even been wearing my Fremont t-shirt, which is one of my favorite t-shirts. Not because it's like a brewery shirt or because I like Fremont necessarily. It just fits really well on me, and I just it's really comfortable, and it makes me feel good. Uh, And I was almost like tore it up. 
like the shirt I'm wearing right now is an Oregon shirt, mm-hmm. the Ducks football shirt. This is my favorite shirt because it fits me well. Yeah. I'm a Syracuse guy. Mm-hmm. I like Oregon because we live here and, you know, I, I'll root for local teams. But the shirt fits me so well. That you just like, I I'm love, rocking it. I love this shirt. Anyway, so yeah, Fremont's Pride Seattle Colts is our beer of the week. Okay, that's going to wrap up our Portland Beer Week trio of episodes. Coming up next week, I think we should do our next tasting room episode next week. We've been talking about it. Ooh, a tasting room episode? We've been talking about it. Dang, son. And it's been now almost 10 episodes since the last one. And last time we did it, you said we're going to do a couple because there's a bunch of beers coming out. Unless you don't want to do it right away. Oh, no. I'm down to do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, all the they're time. like my... I had so much fun. It was a shot in the dark. And then y'all, all y'all out there listening were like, that was a really cool episode. So, I mean, I will do this all the time. We might be doing Tasty Room number two next week. Uh, there's a couple of traveling things I'm doing coming up. I'd like to do our Oregon City on location, but there is a bunch of weekends that will not be available coming up. Yeah, I'm out this weekend. I'm out next weekend, and I'm out three weekends from now. So maybe the weekend a, after July 4th we could do it. We had a bunch of weddings, too, in July. But uh, with you people in <laughs> but we'll we'll figure out when we're going to do that because we'd like to go do that with Dave Fleming. He's even reached back out to us to see when we want to do it. It's just been he's like he's more excited to do it than we are. No, we're excited. Bless him. But I love that. Man. He's just got more time, I guess, than we do. Um, but anyway, that'll be coming up as well. We want to do uh, our beer app episode. We want to do our uh, beer and music episode. All stuff we've been teasing for quite some time, just that we've kind of pushed back because they're more evergreen topics on the stuff we've been doing. But next week, likely tasting room number two. On Beers and Us, thank you so much for listening. Deuces. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.